deadline week or borderline should i say merry christmas and happy holidays i know if it's someone's christmas time it's kevin's and that's why <laughs> i got him on today to talk trade deadline yeah i think between mlb offseason and the nhl trade deadline I'm, I'm at full capacity right now this is this is definitely christmas for me yeah and just in terms of like casual viewing and maybe a few bets that i've placed we have march madness starting as well so overall i'm in like don't talk to me there's sports on mode like just there's nothing else don't ask what i'm doing this weekend don't ask to hang out unless there's televisions and multiple televisions (laughs) and really good internet access well, it's St. Patrick's Day. We're hoping for another Shalgren shutout, and then I think we're also hoping for a trade during the podcast. So our, our worst fear is that a trade happens right after, but we're banking on some sort of blockbuster happening in the next hour or so. I'm telling you, man, I'm going to lose my shit if they make a trade like the second we finish recording. I'm just going to uh, I'm gonna just be beside myself angry. So I hope not, but we've seen a few already. What yep. do we feel about the prices so far? Very high so far. I mean, I didn't want Sherratt. I, d- I just didn't think it was a great fit. Just, you know, obviously his on-ice results weren't great. I did not believe that they were actually going to get the first, even though it was rumored. I was just skeptical. Um, but they did it. So, you know, wasn't mad to miss out about that one. I really like Kelly Arnrock, but, you know, I wasn't expecting that much. I thought maybe a second tops. Um, then you got two extra picks in there, I believe. So, you know, he's a good player. He'll help Calgary, but... Man, like so far, you can't really blame any of the general managers for not making a deal because the prices have been kind of through the roof. I I like Yarncroft too. I don't like him for the Leafs. Like I I get what he brings. The versatility is nice. Mm-hmm. It, but it's like you already have guys who I don't really like that are like that, like Alex Kerfoot. Yeah. And it's like how many of these guys? Like you need to bring some different. Like for Calgary, it's great because they have any number. Of and I say this as a pure compliment. They have any number of like dirt bags on their team, so just like getting like a good player that can like move around their lineup is nice. Like the Leafs, and just like man, like another soft guy that like you know, like just at what point here do we like say enough? Like they're like they're like a bit of a one trick pony. I would have been surprised if they were really like anteing up assets for him. And I don't think the Leafs view it that like I think the Leafs view it that way too which was like one of the things they said about Labushkin. To me, that was kind of uh, a little bit of change in what we've heard from the management group over like their first like few years. Like that was like one thing Dubas explicitly said about him, like different skill set. Yeah, I, I think with Yarnrock, like the Leafs do have a lot of players that are kind of not ideal for the top six, but are, you know, good two-way players that can play on your checking line. Like the checking line is not really a problem right now. 
I think maybe Yarnrock would have been a better fit if you trade Kerfoot or something, but... And that's my thing. Like, they should be selling high like crazy on Kerfoot. I know that's, like, a wild thing for, like, hockey people because he might have a 60-point season, like, not playing on the power play, which is honestly stunning. Uh, (laughs) But, like, he would be such a great sell-high candidate. Like, someone would just absolutely lose their mind over him and, like, not realize what's actually happened. I don't think they'll do it. I think it would represent such an opportunity to open up cap space and some flexibility with the lineup. That would be a borderline dream scenario for me. And if he has a great playoff, I'm sure someone will shoot that in my face. And that's fine. I'll I'll happily cheer for him to have a great playoff. I just, he doesn't, he takes shifts. That's what he does. He just, just goes out there and Take doesn't really drive the needle. He's a good PKer, though. He is legitimately a good penalty killer. So then in saying that, and I'll say, too, on the prices, I actually thought Josh Manson went for less than I, I thought he was going to get more than what he went for, to be honest, especially considering they retained. Yeah, I don't know what the, the scenario there was with the no trade, like how many teams he was able to go to or, or veto. Uh, I, I don't... It sounds like he didn't want to go to the Leafs. I don't know yeah. how many how short his list was or how short his list was able to be. I don't know if that factored in. Um, but yeah, he was a good player. I, I think just stylistically fit wise, it always made sense, but yeah. I am at the point where if I'm giving up a first, if I'm giving up a haul for someone like you better be good because I do think that the Leafs have, you know, 12 NHL forwards, probably eight NHL defensemen. You know, I do think that, adding kind of a marginal player isn't really going to move the dial much that it's it's kind of all or nothing uh that's where i'm at just in the with the deadline in general yeah and i'll say in terms of defense and they might already they might have already done this with labushkin hope i'm pronouncing his name even reasonably okay i think so i i hope so (laughs) um like I think adding a like a D man in particular that can give you like a solid seventeen plus a night is in it, and people might not realize it all the time, but that is needle moving. Like it, the, their defense was, it, they did not have a lot of guys they could trust last year after Muzzin got hurt. Right, it just like it throws it off. So if you can, add, but I think they've already done that. I actually like Wibushkin. I think he's solid. I think he's he should good. be a playoff regular for them. If he's not, I'll be upset. So they've kind of added that piece in it. And, you know, people might not realize it, but it's the kind of thing where if, God forbid, they ever go on a run, God forbid, and you look at it and you're like, he played like 15 games and he averaged 17 a night and, you know, a minute or two of of that was on the PK. That's a notable addition. Like, that's not nothing like that. That matters. That helps you win games. Unless he's just a complete disaster and they're winning in spite of him, which I would be floored. Like, that's a contributor. So, in saying that, before we get into potential trade targets, because I'm sure you're you're chomping at the, the bit on that <laughs> and have so many names you want to go through. One of the things I kind of wanted to frame going into it, and I, I think this is partly what has to weigh on the management group, is they drafted three times last year. And this year they have three draft picks. And I'm not saying the cupboard's bare because it's not. They have some players in the system coming up. But to me, if you if you buy again, and they should buy again, they have basically no choice. But if you buy again, I don't give a shit what happens. Like if you lose in the first round, six for six, 
people have to get fired. And to me, if you you aren't leaving the cupboard bare right now, but the impact of having three draft picks and then potentially even less than three in back-to-back years, it will get felt at some point. Like you will. Like it'll be one of those things we look at in like three, four years. And like, remember when we bought like two years in a row and we drafted like five times total over two years and we have nothing to show for it in terms of playoff success? Like to me, that's a borderline. You're looking at getting rid of Shanahan at that level because he oversees that. Like at some point, and I know that, and I'm not trying to like jump ahead of what happens in the playoffs. I'm just saying this is a consideration. Like at some point they have to sit there and say, we can't be bleeding assets all the time for no success. And I think that discussion has already come into play for them because they seem completely loath to trade their first round pick as they should. I don't know if I agree. I think if the right players available, I especially a player with term, I'd be in with for the first. I'm very skeptical of giving up the first for a rental. Um, so we probably agree there. I, I think that's fair if, if it's a guy with if it's a young guy with, with term, but like how many young guys with term are really moving over the weekend? Right. So the first like I think we both agreed Hurdle would have been the guy. Hurdle would have been a stud. That's that's worth a first because it just changes your roster completely. But like I do not want to give up a first. I wouldn't like even Manson. Um, you know I look at this team, look at their goaltending, and you know even with Manson, I don't know if I'm a, like all that confident in them beating Tampa or Florida. I think they're still an underdog with or without Manson if they had done that. I think they're an underdog no matter what they do at the deadline. To be honest, we'll see. I mean, it, a big part of it's going to be how their goaltending looks go, heading into the playoffs, if they can rebound. And then injuries. and Let's say all, the teams are healthy, the Leafs goaltending even normalizes, which I think it will. Mm-hmm. And the, even let's go crazy and say the Leafs got, what? who are the two best players available? Lindholm and Claude Giroux. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's not say they get both, but let's say they get one. Yeah. I would still say the Leafs are the underdog in that series. It's probably 50-50 at best. Right, unless you get an injury, so you know, in terms of in terms of like the Shanahan question, the Dubas question, like I think I I wouldn't evaluate management based on this one series. I know it's been five years. If you weren't, if you didn't have confidence in them, I think you got rid of them by now. Um, you know, if they have a deadline like they did last year, I think you have you're gonna ask some tough questions. But uh, like at the end of the day, I want them to do their job well. Give them you know, put the Leafs in a good position and then, you know, see what happens at the playoffs. I, I don't know if there's really a GM, like if, if there's a different GM or a different president right now that they could have a magic recipe to put the Leafs ahead of Florida or Tampa. Um, I think you could go back though. Like obviously the Foligno trade was a disaster. There's been some mistakes, but I think all in all they're, they're doing fairly well. I just giving up the first for a rental when you have significant goaltending questions and you're facing such a good team. I, I do have some questions there. Yeah, and I think that's the tough thing in terms of I'm not saying they've done a terrible job or anything or that they've completely fallen over themselves, but you can't go 0 for 6. And then and then also in that time, you know, potentially trade your first round pick in 3 of the past 4 years. Like you just can't. Like optically, like you need something to show for it and you and you really feel the unfortunate thing is he really did set the deck for them to go on a run last year. Like, they should have. And I know people mm-hmm. talk shit about the Felino trade. But honestly, when Felino came in, I thought he was great. He was... like, And, and I don't mean, like, before... I mean, the first four games before he got hurt, 
Mm-hmm. He was great. Like he he is somewhat like Bunting in the sense that left-handed shot can keep up enough with the with Matthews and Marner, can do some digging, can do dirty work in front. He's probably not as good offensively as Bunting, but he's better defensively. Like you can see the fit, and that yeah. would have allowed them to put Hyman on the third line, which was truly their optimal look. And it just never came to fruition. So I, I know I know the way the way the Felino trade is like talked about is if is that as if he played the whole time and was just like objectively bad. Like he literally could not move. Like we all saw the Amazon Prime video where he's like on his hands and knees, like like that's awful. Like that's what like a like seventy year old man looks like sometimes. And he's in his early thirties. Like he could not move. I think it would have been fine. But just the pure optics of being a buyer for multiple years, not having anything to show for it. We're starting to see like the back half of Muzzin's contract. I would even argue Brody to some degree already. You know, John Tavares, obviously. Like they need something to show for it. Yeah, I mean, it's really just Shanahan that's all six, right? Like Dubas is three and Keith is two, I think. This will be so three. This will be, be year three, three for Keith. So, yeah, I, I do think there'll be questions if they get killed. But at the same time, like, Dubas could do a great job at the deadline. And here. it doesn't like, matter. Can, That's the worst part. They're going to play Tampa. Like, if he does a if he does a great job and knocks it out of the park and they still lose, like, I'm not going to blame him in that case. Um, so, I, you know, I guess we'll we'll talk about firings or who's on the hot seat once, once it all settles and once the season's over and we'll see what happens. But I think – just for now, you focus on them doing the best they can, you know, giving the Leafs the best chance to, to win a series without completely mortgaging the future, and then we see where it goes. But let's hope for a good deadline. Yeah, and like I said, like, I think that's the, like, I'm not trying to bring it up in terms of, like, let's skip ahead to if they lose. It's more yeah. to say, like, let's set the table for a little bit of the mindset, because they have to be sitting there saying, like, we can't possibly do this again. Like, they have to be looking at six draft picks over two years and saying, like holy shit, this is like, this is not good. I, I do think that they could potentially reset a bit in the off season. Like maybe you keep Hall and Dermott for, for as depth pieces, and then you trade them for picks. Maybe you trade someone like Kasha for picks, or a, um, you know, there'll be different options in the off season to maybe recoup some of those. Um, maybe you could go out and get a Ben Myers, who you know would be as good as probably like a late first or a second pick. He's a college free agent. Yeah. Like there's there's ways you can kind of get around it. The Brian Burke model. We just signed like three first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care that they don't have like they're doing well with the picks they have, first of all. And then um I do think that, you know, maybe instead of trading picks, you'll trade someone like Anemala or Hervenin or, you know, young talent like Dermot. Um they have options. The lack of picks, I don't necessarily like I'm okay with it as long as they're, you know, building for the future. I just have all have questions if they put a ton of assets into this year and this year only. Like we're yeah. talking like give up your first, give up extra prospects, all for rentals, and then they they phase out. I don't think that's a great strategy. I'm kind of interested in Lindholm, but I don't know about you. Like it, it seems like they could target just about anyone. It seems like they've been linked to just about anyone. Yeah. Um, the forward versus defense versus goaltending argument. I'm kind of interested in. Like to me, I want a goalie. I don't know if I want to pay for Flurry, but I'd like... I'll fight you on least... goalie, man. I just don't see one that I like. 
I, you're going to say Forsberg. I know you're going to say Forsberg. Follow you on Twitter.com. I do like Forsberg. <laughs> I just I don't know why Ottawa would do that. I mean, if, I would die of laughter. I like Forsberg. I would be interested in that. I just don't know yeah. why Ottawa would do it. So I, I just think with goaltending right now, like, so Fleury's kind of the big name. I think everyone wants to, you know, hear about Fleury. I just, I wouldn't give up a first for him. I don't think that's the way I would go. Um, you know, giving up a first in a year that you're facing Tampa, Florida is is kind of iffy. And then he's just so high risk, high reward. Like the reward is that he literally wins you a series. Like you get outplayed by them and he wins it. But he could also lose you a series. Yeah, or he's also that guy. He could be just okay or even pretty good and you still lose. Or like what if Campbell bounces back at the end of the year and now Flurry's struggling. Now Campbell's the starter and you just gave up a first for Flurry to sit on the bench. Like there's a lot of risk this also could be a me thing too on flurry but like it pisses me off that it you have to convince him to come here yeah dude like you're on chicago <laughs> you were considering retiring last summer you basically were retired at one point like i don't know those are not guys that i am particularly fond of acquiring guys that i have to talk into coming to this really good team and the leafs are a really good team from a dumpster team and chicago's a dumpster team and, you know, he basically had the golf clubs out last summer. And I did too, but, like, I don't play in the NHL. And, like, like I don't know. That doesn't sit that, that, you know, for a guy that's not exactly lighting it up this year either, he's been fine. I saw he, you know, I watched them play Boston this week. Mm-hmm. He had, like, 44 saves or whatever. It was basically Boston 2, Flurry 0. And that game went to overtime. It was, a gr- it, like, he was fantastic. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not feeling that overall situation. Well, he hasn't been... It's not like he's Vasilevsky as a rental. Like, he's 37. He's got a 909 save percentage. Like, yeah, with Chicago, so maybe he's a little bit better than that. But, you know, he is below Campbell in save percentage this year. He hadn't been great before this. I think he had played okay this week. But prior to that, he is on a bit of a rough stretch. And Yeah, he upticked in the past week. Their goaltending is a multi-year issue here. Like, if you're giving up a first, I want to solve it for at least a couple of years. Um, or at least have a good option for a couple of years. But, you know, I, I think with Campbell, A, he hasn't played well, B, he's hurt. And then right now I have no faith in Mrazek. So I would like I would like another option, even if it's it's probably not going to be a proven guy unless you get Barlamov, who's a little bit you know expensive cap hit-wise. But I think Forsberg and Stolarz are the guys I want. I know they're not, like, established. I know they're not stars like you can't really count on them but they can at least compete with Campbell and give you another option there I don't think there's a world in which the Rangers would do this but if the Leafs actually gave up some capital 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 there we go we're not going to edit that out but holy shit um for Georgiev I would at least be interested at least I would see and be like this could be the guy for the next five plus years and you might not like him, which is why you're giving me that look that people can't see right now. <laughs> but at least I could see the thinking there, to your point about Fleury being 37. If they were like, we're going to give up some picks and stuff, but we think this could be the guy. Well, he's at it like, it's an 892 save percentage in 24 games this year. I just, I want yeah. someone who is at least hot, like someone who's been good this year that you could throw in and say, all right, like, just take the reins for now. Let's see what you got. I, I don't think you're getting anyone established. Like, I don't think you're you're going out and getting a star. Like, there's not many options. 
Um, so the two, Forsberg and Stolarz are the two that really come to mind. Forsberg's just been outstanding as of late. Like, he's had a 916 save percentage this season, but he had a weaker start to the year. So it's been like three-plus months of over 920. It's not ideal because Matt Murray's hurt, um, but Ottawa's not in it anyways. He's a rental. Like They seem to want him, though, which they should. They should want to keep him. They should. Like, they could, but they are paying Murray $6 million, and I think it's like, it's one of those situations where are you going to let him walk for nothing or are you going to are you going to extend him and like make up your mind now kind of thing right like logically you're right they seem to be doing that with Nick Paul but for some reason they haven't treated Forsberg the same well, maybe they maybe they think they can extend him and maybe he's off the market but I definitely think he's worth calling about he is a pure rental um because of his low cap hit he doesn't prevent you from going out and making other moves like Flurry probably would so just the way he's playing, like he's been better than Flurry over the last three months. You know, he's at least an option to compete with Campbell. And if he's good, at least you have a chance maybe to extend him. Like there's a better chance of extending Forsberg than extending Flurry just based on the least cap situation, or at least to a better contract. Um, so I, I'd at least consider him. And then Stolarz is so he's got a 919 in 21 games. He had, he had a good save percentage in eight games last year. It's really 30 games of success, not a long track record. But I just like the cap hit under a million. It's just huge for the offseason. You know, we saw them give up some draft capital to get more cap space when they moved Richie. I think Stolarz is, is at least a good backup and one that's really cheap. So, you know, Anaheim has Gibson. They're selling this year. He's just got this year and next. I'd, I'd give up a decent haul for him with the idea that he's a cheap backup at worst next year. Um, and you hope he's, he's kind of a Jack Campbell type that makes nothing and, and is your starter. So those are the two guys I'm kind of keen in on. If Flurry's price comes down, if it's not a first, I'd at least consider him. Uh, if he wants to come here, Varlamov, I really have no idea about like, he's only played 19 games this year. He's expensive. We'll see. I don't know what the price is. He's sick though. But yeah, he's Varlamov's worth considering as well. But I, I do want one of those options. Cause I just I don't have much faith in Campbell Mrazek, and you know if you could solve it, you're gonna have this issue in the off season, right? Like you're gonna have to at least get one goalie, if not two. So that's why I like Stolars. Like you do it now, you you get someone for a really cheap cap hit. It might cost more than people think because the contract's so good, kind of like a Brendan Hagel. But that's the kind of route I would go. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't give up the first for Flurry. I just think. It's a little bit too risky for my liking, especially when you got, you know, Florida Tampa. Okay, so you've you've brought me a little bit over to Stolarz because of that second year cheap. Because otherwise I'm basically just looking at guys and I'm like, what's the difference between acquiring even Forsberg to be honest and just looking at Campbell like normalizing? Even Mirazic to some degree. I know everyone mm-hmm. is just like completely done with him already. He's been a he's been a solid goalie in the league for a number of years. Yeah, like I think you keep him. I at some point he has to figure it out a little bit. Like so, most of the time I'm looking at the goalies. I'm just like, who gives a shit? Like you're looking at like one averageish averageish guy for another averageish guy. Like what like what difference does it make? But Stolarz, the value is at least you have a guy for next year already. That's cheap. The only thing that I'll say further on it. Which is really what we don't know. And only management can answer this. And it's going to be something that we'll have to look back in in retrospect because we don't have the info. Is like, what's actually wrong with Campbell? You know, if if, if they're like, 
we expect him to have like a legitimately full recovery or is this even like a borderline fake injury and he's chilling in Hawaii right now to like reset mentally then I could sit there if I'm Dubas and you can't say anything out loud but internally I could be like we expect this guy to like get back to health and like like physically and mentally and you know be solid and in which case I'd be looking at it and saying I'm not acquiring a goalie but if they even have a 5% doubt on his health and ability to recover, and if anyone's ever had a rib injury before, yeah. you know it's brutal. Like, I've I've <laughs> done some damage to the ribs before. You need him healthy. If he's not healthy, like, you're not going in with Mrazek right now. I, I'm with you. I think Mrazek's been a good goalie in the past. I think he's worth keeping for this year as a third. He'll clear waivers. Like, worst case scenario, if someone gets hurt and your other goalie isn't playing well, like, Mrazek's at least had success before like you could at least throw him in there hope he gets hot um but i do think that they need someone when i look at their cap situation like they spent less than six million on their goalies this year and you know they've already given riley the raise every extra dollar they spend this offseason on goaltending is coming out of their forward defense budget and that's why i like the stolars thing where you know if you get him for less than a million now you could go Maybe you train Mrazek. Maybe you go get a $5 million goalie and you solve your goalie issues for the same amount. It's, I think the contract, like the, the players I'm really targeting, whether it's forward defense, goaltending, ideally they're, they have, they have term and they're team friendly contracts. Like, I think that's what they really need right now to balance out their, their big paydays. We saw it with Tampa. Like when they went out and got Coleman, when they went out and got Goudreau, people were a little bit surprised at the prices because they weren't star players or good players. But when you can get those contracts, that value, there's so much term and capital. Yeah, that just lets you spend on other positions yeah. in the offseason. So that's why I like Stolars. If you're going to acquire a goalie in the offseason, just do it now, pay a little bit extra. I don't know if, like, with, whether it's Stolars, whether it's Forsberg, I don't know if these guys are going to be difference makers, but they're at least playing well. I think they give you a better than what you have right now. Um, and then. They both have a chance to stick around Stolarz because he has term Forsberg because you you could extend him. So there's not really great options here. I'd like someone uh, just because it is the most important position. Obviously, it could just kill them. And with Campbell's health being even remotely close, like even if he is fine because of this injury, like there's a chance he gets hurt again. He's been fairly injury prone. Um, I just I don't really have faith in Mrazek as the backup right now. I'd rather him be the number three um you know if Mrazek if you get him some starts if he plays well maybe he he works his way back in but man like I I I just don't have much faith in in like a Mrazek uh against Tampa Florida right now I I don't think you can it's just you're kind of just hoping he bounces back you can't not at this point that's the tough thing because you would love to have another month Mm -hmm. to have to to have it normalize a bit but they don't so it kind of is what it is so in saying that, and we'll switch off of goaltending now, but I'll kind of like the way I'll wrap it up is viewing is like, let's say they acquire Stolarz. I'll sit there and be like, they've set the table for next season as well. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can be mad at that move. It's a, a solid goalie at a low cap hit. You can't be mad unless the price is nuts. So general, so that's fine. And if they get Forsberg, I'm going to sit there and be like, either like Campbell's hurt or they just have zero faith in these guys. And if they acquire Flurry, I'm just gonna be like they have zero faith in these guys. Bottom line, that like that's how I'm gonna view it. Yeah, Flurry and Forsberg, the rentals. I think the thinking would be that they're cheaper than still. Like Flurry won't be. Yeah. 
maybe Stolarz will be a little bit more expensive because of that contract than people expect. But Flurry, if you're giving up a first for Flurry, I'm. If you're giving up for Flurry, like I'm sitting there going, you have zero confidence. Yeah. Like zero. If you if you acquire Forsberg for not much, I'll sit there and be like, eh, you're not really sure. Yeah. <laughs> like you're kind of you're like. Eh. You know, he's like the hedge, almost. If you have faith in Campbell, like at least some faith that he could bounce back, it's tough to justify Flurry because if, if Campbell plays well down the stretch, if he's your starter and Flurry's on the bench and you give up a first, I don't know. If you, like, if you give up a first, Flurry is the guy. Like, it just it does not matter. Flurry what if, is what the if guy. Flurry struggles down the stretch and Campbell's amazing? It, like, that would be that that's fireable offense. That's that's why I don't think you go after Flurry. Like I think it's not yeah. for a first. If it's a second, we're having a different conversation. But for a first for him, you have to have no faith in Campbell because if you think he might bounce back, I just don't see why you'd you'd give up a first if, for a rental goalie. If you think he's gonna bounce back, but you're not completely sold, Forsberg is logical. If you're just like we really don't like this goaltending situation in general mm-hmm. moving forward, and also this current time, Stolarz makes sense. So that's. We'll leave it on that. But to me, even beyond goaltending, and I totally get why um, a lot of people would want a goalie, I look at a game like the Dallas game, and honestly, it upset me a little bit. That was maybe their best game of the season. I thought they were sick. Like, they gave Dallas nothing. Forwards actually back-checked for once. They didn't give them anything really easy through the neutral zone. They kept the game simple. Part of me was sitting there wondering if Mrazek was sitting on the bench going, where the fuck was this? for like the past month but at the same time Mrazek doesn't have a leg to stand on when he's allowing wrist shots off the rush (laughs) in the net against Arizona so you know the big thing for me has consistently been if they just play better defensively they have good enough goalies that they should be respectable and that Dallas game was a great example which is why in turn I would be interested in a defenseman so when we talk about the lack of like overall picks if that wasn't a problem Something to me, like just a pure second round pick, which is what Frank Saravalli has kind of floated for Mark Giordano is actually sounds like a pretty good deal to me if you're getting him for just a second. Yeah. So I was looking into the rental options. I think Campus Lindholm's definitely the number one. Um, yeah. He's really interesting, Lindholm. So, like, I've always liked him. He was like an advanced that got his first six years. And then the last yeah, he three, was. he was hurt for the middle year. So. Really, two and a half years. The numbers haven't been the same, but he's only 28. So it's like he's the same age as Riley. It was one pick after him. Did he really just take a nosedive at 28? Or I guess it would have been 26. So I, I think he's still good. I, I think, you know, he would be a difference maker. But I'd rather go ch- if, it, if the price for him is a first and then you can get like a Dahan or a Giordano for cheaper. What if the price for him is a first, but then you could sign him to a lot, like a, let's say six by six or six by 6.5 deal? I don't think they can. Like, unless they have, unless they're very confident. They, they would have to trade, they would have to trade Brody. Yeah. I would say Muzzin, but like, I think Brody's. Muzzin has the full no trade. At this point. Yeah, Muzzin has the full no trade. And he hasn't been good, so the trade value isn't, isn't great. I don't think, I don't think the extensions, I think he's a pure rental in home um you know back when we were talking about maybe moving morgan riley i had more interest in in something like that um now with the cap situation i just don't think it can work um so i don't i don't know if i give up a first for lindholm especially if you're not going to go get a goalie like i I just don't know if the team's really good enough to justify that especially given here at the pace 
I'd rather kind of go the cheaper route, like a Giordano to Han. I just have, I have questions. Like, I do think that they have eight NHL defensemen. I don't think they have maybe they four top four, but they can all play. So the, like, yep. I mean, war is more of a baseball stat, but like, you do have to make, be sure, like, let's say Hall's a two war player. I'm just throwing a random number out. Like, you don't want to be paying a ton of assets to get a 2.2 war player and just get slightly better. And then I just have questions about, it seems like they're interested in a lefty. Like, does that mean Sandine's coming out? Like, it's a pretty good player coming out of the lineup. Um, I actually think defensively, they'd really improve by getting a forward, like the right forward. I think the first line and the third line, like with Matthews and Camp, they're just great defensively. But when that Tavares lines out or when Spets is centering a fourth line, like they're just not the same team defensively. I would like a forward to kind of, not just for scoring, because I think the second line needs to score more, but I do think that they're just, they're two different teams right now when the first or third line's on versus the second and fourth. And you know what? You know what was a big difference actually against Dallas? And he doesn't do this. Like he basically does this if he's been healthy scratched or whatever, and he comes in like once. Mm -hmm. But like no one wants to probably admit it. Kyle Clifford was really good in that Dallas game. Like he was really good. Like he got in on the four check, but he doesn't do it every night. He's like, you healthy scratch him, and he does it once every two weeks. With him, he does have because it's, it's him or Simmons, right? You're not playing both of them. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know at this point. Like, I'd rather play Spezza on right wing, and I'd rather play if Cash is the fourth line right wing. I'd rather him on his on the right side. And Simmons has not had good results for a while now. Like, he was good for the first three months, but and then it went to shit. Yeah. So, like, I think there's a reasonable argument if you want someone who fights that you go Clifford over Simmons just because of handedness. Yeah. But I bring it up more for the point just to like to further your point is I thought Clifford was really good in that Dallas game. Mm -hmm. And by extension, that fourth line was really good. And you could see the difference it made for the team. Yeah. Right. Like the team as an overall whole, like as like a complete unit was much better because in part the fourth line was actually legitimate. Like, they took good shifts when they were nursing that lead in the third period. It would just, Clifford would just forecheck, and they would cycle. And I was like, these guys actually look like they're playing hockey for the first time in I don't know how long. Was it Spezza Kasha? Yeah, and Clifford. Yeah. And it was just like, the line makes no sense stylistically. Not really. But for, and I would definitely not look at that as any sort of, I was definitely not watching going, that's the fourth line for the playoffs. I was just saying they were having a night and it was great to see. And the the trickle down effect, and I know people argue this all the time. They'll say like, you know, it's even like the earlier point about Labushkin. It's like, oh, you've got this guy. He's a down in the lineup kind of player. Look, the Leafs are going nowhere if Matthews and Marner and JT and, and Nylander aren't sick. Mm -hmm. Like, There's no debate. Like they're not like... It is like those guys have to do their thing. But if you get those other moves in place that round out your roster properly, it makes your overall team better. I think that's why they're looking at Tyler Mott. I don't know about Mott. We'll get into him. I think with forwards, though, like with defense, because they have eight NHL defensemen, you need either a major difference maker or nothing. Like they have no need for another depth defenseman. They already went and got to Labushka, who's been great. So yeah, there's no point of that, but I think a guy that can solidify their top four, if they don't believe in Muzzin, we've just seen it too many times now. Like when Muzzin goes out in the playoffs and 
a guy who's an NHL defenseman, a.k.a. Travis Dermott, goes from playing third pair to the second pair, it's mm-hmm. brutal. Well, they'd be doing what they do now, right? Like, they move Brody over, they go Riley Labushian, Brody Hall, and, you know, Sandy Lilligren or, or something like that, or Sandy Dermott or Dermott Lilligren. Yeah, that's not good enough. You have the bodies that can play in the league, so it's not embarrassing, but it's not good enough. I don't know. I think their forwards aren't good enough. Like, I agree with that too. I think that I think they need a forward and a D man. So that and, and, and that's the tough part. And that's why I would forego the goalie if I feel confident that Campbell can return. And only the Leafs can answer that one. We don't know shit. I don't have faith in, in the goaltending right now. Like maybe Campbell, but when you're when the goalie that you have the most confidence in is A hurt and B has been struggling for months, I, I I need another option. Like I don't, I don't care if it's Flurry, but at least give me one other option that has some NHL experience and has some level of success recently. I think if you protect the house in front of them, they'll figure it out. Provided again that you think if I'm sitting there telling you I'm the team doctor and I'm coming to you and I'm saying this guy's gonna be fine. He literally just needs another week and then he's gonna be 100. percent And anything that happens from that point forward is like totally on him. No, but I only Dubis can answer that. I still want a goalie. I think goalies are almost a must at this point for me. Like, I know Mrazek's had success, but just watching him over the last, especially the last month, yeah, he's swimming. He's swimming. He's and, an Olympic swimmer. And Campbell's Campbell's fairly injury prone. Like, even if this, in, like, either this injury can reaggravate, or he could get hurt again, or he just struggles because of performance. Like, I want one more option to compete. If it's a Stolar, is fine. If it's a rental, fine um defense like who's coming out like if, if you go it looks like it's going to be a lefty there's not many options on the right side you know so the, the defenseman with term like i preferred term in general whether it's any really any position um you know chikrin's kind of obvious but the price is going to be through the roof you know a demello a demello could kind of make sense if you're going to trade hall and like have a slight upgrade severson i don't know if he's really the skill set you want but he's he could maybe work with Mazin, like I'd at least consider him at the right price. He feels like Gardner 2.0 to me. Like he'll be that player that there will be half the fans will point to the charts and then the other half will point to the glaring pizzas and times that he gets walked. And it'll just, he'll be that guy. And like for my own sanity, I just don't want to see it. No, I do think, I do think Severson would be a, a fairly big upgrade. Like to be clear, I do think that he is a little bit mistake prone. As we've seen when he plays the Leafs, he just plays like crap for some reason. Um, but because because he's not actually as good as people think he is. No, I think he's fine. Like, <laughs> it's not exclusive to the Leafs; it's just his reality. I think he's a legit top four player. I just think the price. Is I think be he's high. a top four. I think he's a top four. I would just I would personally stylistically shy away from guys that are mistake prone like that. I just don't think you need it. Whereas a guy like Demello is doesn't have as high of a ceiling but his floor is better and he's just a solid player yeah i love demello i would be thrilled if they got demello i think yeah demello would be uh, demello i'd like i think carson susie i've wrote about is a good under the radar type like he's just really good by the numbers like goals above replacement expected goals above replacement he adds size physicality you kind of fits. I just feel like for a team with eight NHL D-men, like, is that a guy you're going to spend assets on? It, yeah, price is huge there. If you can, like, pay a little you're bit extra. You're not getting him for free. 
No, but you also might be moving like a, a Dermot or a Hall in one of those moves that kind of lessens the cost. Like offsets it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'd consider him. Um, like like to me, I'd rather just get Giordano at that point. Maybe, but even Giordano, like it's not a perfect fit. Like no, you're, you're I, scratching I, Sandine then, I think. I Well, I have no idea what to expect from Muzzin. So that's the other part. Only the Leafs know yeah. the health status of Jake Muzzin. We don't know. And they're not going to tell us. So, in a world where Muzzin is not okay, and even in a world where Muzzin thinks that he's okay and comes back, he's probably just going to get hurt again playing in the playoffs and go for the trifecta. At least then you can go Riley Brody, Giordano Hole, and then it's like Sandine Lelouchkin. And to me, that's a pretty good defense. I think Hole has traditionally struggled when he has to be the best player on his pairing. Yeah. That's what we've seen from him. Like, he was really good last year with, when Muzzin was the guy and he just had to support him. And even now when he goes plays with Brody and Brody is a bit more of the guy and Hole just is the second option, I like Hole in that situation. I think he's a great complement to a solid defenseman. I think Giordano could be that guy for him more so than like a Susie could. Mm-hmm. Even though I do like Susie, it's not to slag the guy. I do like him. Um, so that like that is the kind of deal that would make sense to me. I just I, I would like a defenseman. I think every team would like a defenseman. Yeah, I just have my biggest my biggest question right now is goaltending, just because it is the most important position, and one their best options hurt and hasn't been good. Um, defense would be secondary for me, although I do think they could use an upgrade. I just have questions with who comes out. Um, you know, if it's which if, is fair, and the I I don't mind the defense. I don't think it's great. Like I think you could improve it. I think it's fine. Like you do have the options there especially if Muzzin can come back and, and play effectively. Um, I do think that a forward upgrade could help them defensively significantly if they get the right guy. Um, so here, so here's where I would differ from you on the defense, mm-hmm. is I would be actually happy if neither of the young guys were playing. Okay. I think, I think Lilligren is a good young player. I think he's going to have a good career. I think he's an NHL D-man. I think he is completely... Like he is, if we're talking about Severson being mistake prone, he's like that on steroids right now. I like, you know, I think he just gets burned. He does. And I love Sandine. I thought he was amazing against Dallas. I thought that was one of his best games of the season. And not because he scored, but just the way that he was moving and how involved he was. I think he's a great power play two quarterback. I don't think power play two quarterbacks matter in the playoffs at all. No one gives a shit about power play two. Like it's the playoffs. Like you're going to play your power play one. And like, if you're sitting there to be like, Oh no, we have to play this guy on power play two for the final 25 seconds of a power play. That's a waste of a spot. And I think on half of the ice, Sandine really struggles. I think he's a giveaway machine right now. Defensively. He is like, he loves to throw pucks up the middle. I don't think it plays well in playoff hockey. I happy if those guys get in the lineup, but if they're sitting and, and those are guys seven and eight, I'm not going to be upset. So I, I agree to a sense. Like, I, I do think with Lilligren, obviously, like, it's kind of well documented now. He's really good by expected goals. He's probably not, he's definitely not as good as his expected goals indicate. Like, he's the best. It's best completely player. inflated. He's been on the ice with Matthews and Marner a ton. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a valid excuse or a pushback. Like, I do. Even, even the top, even if you look at Brody and Riley's minutes. Mm-hmm. 
without the top line, yeah. they're basically in, they're they're even. Like they're literally like sixteen goals for, sixteen against. They're even in possession. They're basically even in expected goals. And then they play with them, and everyone's like, "This is one of the best D pairings in the league." I'm like, "Are they, or are they playing with one of the best lines in the league that makes their life easy?" Which is valid, but like Riley Brody, every least defenseman has had a chance to play with Matthews to get their numbers bumped by Matthews, and yes. they, they're not, their expected goals aren't as good as Lilligren's. Now, Lilligren is a player who does struggle with box outs. I do, I do think that obviously, like he's first in the NHL among defensemen expected goals. Obviously, he's not as good as that number suggests. He's no one's calling him the best defenseman, but I I do think that he's been a little bit unlucky save percentage wise. Where you know a stop or two, maybe we get a little bit less of the the, the spotlight on him. If you know Mraz and Campbell were a little bit better as of late, I would be. I'm not gonna have a huge fuss if they scratch Lilligren or, or Sandin come playoff time if it's the right player. But I do think that those guys bring something to the table and have some value, like. Sandine's probably going to be better offensively than whoever you you throw in there, um, and Lilligren's yeah. transition defense is pretty strong. Plus, he's a righty, and you might be getting a lefty and moving someone over. So, I'm I'm interested in getting a defenseman. I, I think you could definitely see why it would help the team. It's just I also want a, a goalie and a forward, and you you have to pick probably, or you have to at least pick which one's going to be your big addition, which one's going to be your small addition. I do think that the third pair, whether it's been Lilligren, Sandine, Dermott, basically whoever, Labushkin, the third pair has been good all year. We've had great results with the third pairs on. I think Riley, whether it's Labushkin or Brody, is probably going to be fine. It's really the shutdown pair you're looking at. So right now you have Brody Hall. Um, if Muzzin's back, you might have Muzzin Hall or Muzzin Brody. Can you get a significant upgrade there? And if you can, you know, are you moving Justin Hall out um, in that move as part of the deal. I just don't, there's not many players, right? Like Manson was the guy because he's a right shot and he plays the perfect style. There's just not many guys that are like perfect fits. Like Giordano's fine. If you get it for a second, sure. I don't think that anyone would like be outraged over that. I actually don't think the right hand shot is what they need. I think Brody's better on the right side. Hole has been good for like almost two months now. Like no one's talking about it. He's been like, he's legitimately been good. Yeah, yeah. Like, not fine. Like, he's been good. And, like, that's the... Those are the two righties to me. Those are the two righties in the top four. So you go Brody, Hall, and... Labushkin. Labushkin. That's a good right side. And then you go Riley, Muzzin, and New Guy? Depending on Muzzin, yeah. I mean, yeah. they know what's up with Muzzin. We don't. I mean, ideally, Muzzin comes back and he's just good and he doesn't get hurt because he took, like, a stride. Yeah. in overtime with nobody around them well i mean i guess my i guess where i come like where i'm my final position on this would be like i'm it's nice to upgrade the defense there's no question about it but you're upgrading on decent players like i think sandine lilligren are decent yeah. players i think even Dermot's a decent player and i do think there's maybe some weaker spots at goaltending forward where there's a little bit more opportunity to upgrade um but for the right price you can't really say no to a defense ad it's just is it going to be a rental? Are you going all in on, um, you know, if, if you're going to upgrade your defense and your goaltending and forwards aren't going to be good enough, it's not going to matter. So I do think that I want at least some sort of forward and I want at least some sort of goaltender. And then if you if you go cheap there on those two 
and you have assets you want to spend on defense, fine. But I'm going to be a bit disappointed if defense is their only their only move. So they're the toughest thing for us that we don't know, and and we'll eventually find out because it's Toronto. So you know we will, and then we'll look back and say, what the hell were they thinking? But like, if Jake Muzzin was healthy and actually playing well, he's better than basically every D man that's available right now. Yeah, other than probably Chichern. Different maybe players, even but... maybe even Chichern. Yeah. yeah, like Prime yeah. Muzzin was but, amazing, but yeah, Prime Muzzin was a stud. Muzzin. Like earlier on in the year, Justin Hall got a lot of the criticism because he doesn't oh, have the same. Was terrible. Muzzin was terrible. Like awful. If you look at just even our APM charts, like Hall was fairly close to what he was last year, and it was Muzzin yeah. who was amazing last year and terrible this year. Like it, even the as, eye test. As long as back Hall is up, the second best defenseman on the pairing, he's fine. He's good. Yeah, if Muzzin's. Muzzin's just a major X factor. Like he could be a legitimate top pairing guy, or he could be someone who looks like he can't play top four. Like we really have no idea. And then even with Muzzin, like we don't know who he plays best with right now. Like it didn't work with Hall. Um, like Muzzin Brody maybe, but then Brody can't play with Riley. Muzzin Labushkin might not have enough speed or puck moving. Muzzin Lilligren, like Lilligren's speed and puck moving might be a, the best fit stylistically, but you don't really want Lilligren there. So there's a, a lot of questions with Muzzin, who he plays with, how good is he, can he carry his own pairing, can he be an average guy, can he stay healthy? Like, that's that's their X factor. The, the worst part, too, with Muzzin is, like, even in a world where he he's going to come back, obviously. Yeah. He's going to play. You have zero faith that he can actually return to a form that's not just respectable, but good. Mm-hmm. And then even if that happens, you have zero faith that he can actually stay healthy in the playoffs. Yeah. It's like, he is too much of a question mark to me. And that's why, that's why for me, if they legitimately feel like 99.999% sure that Jack Campbell's healthy or like will be healthy and good, I would be okay rolling the dice with that tandem. I really would. I really would. I know what you're saying on Goldie, but I would sit there and be like, if we if we improve our defense and Campbell comes back healthy, I actually think they'll be fine in that department. And no matter what, they still need a forward, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, the forwards, I just look at and I'm like, the second line is not good. Like, they actively get outscored. Yeah. I don't care how many points Nylander and Tavares have on the season. When they play five on five, they get outscored. They do. And it's two or three seasons now for them. Yeah, I think forward's massive. Massive. Yeah. Like, and you look at the team, like, that first line cannot be any better. And the third line has been outstanding. Like, whether it's Makaya Vangval or if you have to put Kasha in there if someone gets hurt, like, I have complete confidence in that third line to do their job. I have complete confidence in their third first line. Third line's awesome. The first line, line. But you look at who they're going to face in the playoffs, and the first line, even if they're good, they're going to have their work cut out for them because they're, they're either going to have Sorelli, Cernak, and McDonough, which we've seen work in two straight playoffs quite well, or we're, they're going to have Barkov, Uyghur, Ekblad. Like, that, that first line is going to have their work cut out for them. I think they're going to score, certainly more than they did in previous years. be hard not to. But they're going to have basically as challenging as possible of a time to, to do what they did in the regular season. And the third line is good, but they don't they're more defensive leaning than offensive leaning. And right now you have a fourth line that hasn't really scored much. So you really need that 
to figure out that second line because that might be the line where you need them to actually outplay their opponents rather than get outplayed if you're going to have a chance. That, and yeah, and that part of the same thing for me is like that top line's sick, but like, are they really going to just dummy a head to head matchup against like Braden Point and Kucherev or Barkov and who like, yeah. they're not? And or they get the checking line no matter what, either way, like they might outscore them. Yep. Which is great. Great. But are they going to do it to such a level where they make up for the second line actively getting outscored? No. And now you're, then you start getting into a third line game. And when you're starting to count on that, I love that third line in terms of a checking line, in terms of, you know, keeping the puck in the other zone and basically just low event and providing some energy and cycling and all that fun stuff. But if you're looking at that line and we're sitting there in the playoff series going, oh no, it's a bad thing that Ilya Mikheyev and David Camp have combined for zero goals. Mm-hmm. You've already lost. Yeah. You have. You can't you can't ask those guys to score. They're not they're not. They're just not. Camp is anything been. they do is Yeah, anything they do is just gravy offensively. Yeah. That's not the purpose of that line and the fourth line the fourth line to me stands for nothing. Right, I don't know right what the now point. they do nothing. And I I see yeah. why they're looking for upgrades. Um uh, to me Spets is better off on the wing. That's where he's, you know, he used to score like crazy on the wing. Uh, at his, he's way better on the way at he his hasn't age been a, yeah he's not a full-time center he's really not i think you could figure the fourth line out like kasha's probably there if he's not in the top six because your third line's been good so kasha's an amazing fourth line winger kerfoot's there if he's not on the wing or traded like in the top six or traded um so like a kerfoot kasha someone line just is a really good fourth line on paper um i think they can figure that out like i think you got a top six guy you push everyone down the depth chart all of a sudden that line looks pretty good but i am i am happy that they're moving on from you know the simmons experiment it, as it seems like he hadn't been healthy scratch in two years and and now he has been it seems like they promised him a thousand games which is i like i like like I, i'm completely fine with that but i don't know if i like it but i i hear you but as long as come playoff time you're going to make hard decisions, right? Like last year we saw Joe Thornton still play, still on power play one. And I don't think Simmons on line four is maybe the same, the same, no. the same extent, but, it, but can we like pour one out for the fact that Joe Thornton played power play one in the oh, playoffs last year? I still, it still bothers me, but I'll, I'll be pissed. I'll be pissed if Simmons is on the fourth line after in the playoffs, after months of, uh poor play like since january 1st he was yeah. at like 44 percent expected goals he had a chance with kerfoot nylander the one day like the puck's dying on his stick right now maybe he bounces back but i just like that it's not just right has he thrown a hit has he thrown a hit yeah. in the past he's few got months? three fights on the year like i know people want a fighter I, I like having a fighter in the lineup just in case something happens but i'm not even saying a fighter i'm just saying go out there and and run someone once in a while yeah and get a little crazy who did uh Clifford ran someone pretty good against Dallas. It was one of their D man. I forget now. Ah, it's gonna bug me. But he got he crushed a guy, and I was just like, "That's all I want." They've lost their second line minutes and their fourth line minutes for months now. Like, yeah, it's a one and a half. It's it's a one scoring line, one checking line team right now. I think the forward holes are more glaring than the defense holes. I'm definitely into upgrade at defense, but man. The top line's just so sick that it's making up for it. But if I'm playing the yeah. Leafs, I basically just look at the boys and say, if you shut down this line, this is going to be a pretty simple series. We might we might win it in five. Stay out of the box, shut down the first line somewhat competently, and, and you're winning. 
Yeah, we're going to get a few days off before the next round. Yeah, especially if Toronto's goaltending stays like this. So I, I think goaltending forward is my biggest. I do think that they'll improve defensively by in, by getting the right guy for the second line. Um, I really like mm-hmm. Connor Garland. I know that's going to drive people nuts because he's small. I just think he's like... I think that guy would get the second line going. Like, he scores. He Just send them Kerfoot back the other way. That's all I'd say. Just send them back Kerfoot. Kerfoot... Kerfoot's nice to have around if you if you no, don't need the. Not. I, I I do think he makes the fourth line better, one hundred percent. Like for three and a half mil, I hope so. But I don't. If you if you don't need the cast base, then keep him. If if you have the a move to get a difference maker and you need the extra cap space, by all means move him because there's not a not a lot of surplus value. He's a nice luxury to have. I call him a luxury. But you could keep him, move him in the off season, and be fine with that too. So. I, I think we're kind yeah, of yeah. we're in agreement on Kerfoot where he's kind of a luxury to have around. If you could get a different like I'd offer Kerfoot for someone like Anton Forsberg or a Stolarz. Like his actual oh, cash yeah. his actual cash is less than his cap hit. And you know, those teams are looking at Kerfoot, seeing the point total, seeing that he can play center. And, and, Which are not true. Neither of them are true, but okay. And, well, I think he'd be a But they're but they're looking at it. They're looking at it and they're saying yeah, great. I think he's a fine player. Like he's kind of an average NHL player. That's what I describe. Like average in almost every aspect. So, like that's someone. I think we're both in agreement. There's not a ton of surplus value at three point five. We're in to move him, whether it's this off season or at the deadline. I just unless there's a move that makes sense, like don't rush the Kerfoot decision. But you could always do it in the off season. He's nice to have around his depth. But yeah, like. I, I, I would be I would not be opposed to putting him in a deal, whether it's Garland or uh, like a Chikrin or a goaltender, because uh, you could go out and just get a forward to replace him. Like there's gonna be lots of forward options. I really like Larson on on Arizona when he gets back healthy for a fourth line center. Yeah, fourth line center, he's fine. Nemestikov or someone could replace Kerfoot. Like there's options there, um, but I do think that. You know, I like Nemestikov. He's sneaky dirty. Yeah, well, he, he fought Marchand, right? So when he fought Marchand this year, I, I was in. Hero. <laughs> uh, I think I think obviously JT Miller was the best option. Like two years, great player, but he's just going to be yeah, too sick. expensive. Like I don't think there's any way you get him for I a don't think they price. trade him anyway. Yeah. They should, but they won't. Garland seems to be, I don't know what the price would be, but he seems like he could move for a reasonable price. Um, there are implications there because he is close to a $5 million cap hit, but I, I wrote about him. He's got the same numbers as Nylander over like three years. Like he's a good player. I loved him on Zona goals for 60 primary assist for 60 takeaways. He's like, he's cut. He's really small, but he's like a little bit more physical. Yeah. He's feisty. He's, he's completely fearless. Like he could make that second line productive. He's got good defensive impacts. He does it great out well in the power play for some reason, but you don't really care if you're the Leafs. Um, and I think he'll probably be fine on the power play just because of his skill set. Like if he's available, I'm interested, even though people would go nuts because of his size. I would just be I would just be concerned if they're like becoming too one dimensional as a team. There would be a question I'd have. I'm not saying it necessarily would be, mm-hmm. but I'd sit there and say, are we just becoming like basically variations of the exact same player? at like too too much of a level where we can't like diversify and win different ways i think that's one of their biggest problems they can't win different ways 
basically like our forwards going is our top line lighting it up in our power play sec i think garland gives them their second line the best chance to produce like i think he's the best yeah he'll be the best player move unless like a forestberg or like i don't think drew would even come here um so i think garland's the best player to make that second line good um there's implications though like either you you could take him for this year flip him in the offseason if it doesn't work out you could take him and maybe you trade a, a Nylander because he's got the same numbers as Nylander at like 2 million less. Uh-oh, we just recorded you saying trade Nylander. It's an option. <laughs> if you get Garland, it's an option, right? Like No, agree it is. That that would those were the two guys where I was sitting there going, I don't know if you can have both on the same team. Well, you tr- I think you try it and then like yeah. the other option is maybe Garland plays well with Tavares and you put Nylander to a different line. Nylander drives his own line. I think Garland I think Garland is no doubt about it top six forward like his numbers are through the roof production wise scoring wise he's decent defensively um like i think he's the best option for their top six like he'll be the best forward moves for a reasonably priced the least could maybe get the implications are that you have to make sacrifices in the offseason at some sort of position if you're going to keep him around so do you i would probably try him with nylander and tavares see how it works and then it does give you the option to trade Nylander because they have the same numbers, Garland Nylander. Same goal, same assist, same takeaways. Very similar by goals above replacement, expected goals above replacement. But Garland makes $2 million less, or about $2 million less, and he also has more term. So, you know, you at least have the, the freedom. You could also have the freedom to trade Marner. Um, if Marner has a really weak playoffs this this year you might want to consider it i know they've had tons of success in the regular season but he makes what 11 million if he if Mm -hmm. what if he puts up a zero in the points total of this playoffs like you might want to consider it i think garland at least gives you that option um and then you could you know if garland tavares nylander i think that'd be a good line if they don't have a ton of success maybe you play garland with tavares if that works maybe you put nylander in a different line uh like nylander drives his own line so I know it was only one game, but it wasn't just one game because we've seen it so many times. Tavares gets away from Nylander and he's instantly good. He was instantly good. What do you think about, I know how good the first line's been, but like, would you at least consider putting, keeping that Marner-Tavares-Bunting line together and just... I would completely mix them up. I Yeah, like... Yeah. I, I think they're kidding themselves by saying our top line is sick and we'll just figure it out. I think the thing they should be asking is instead of locking ourselves into a top line and figuring it out the rest, they should be sitting there saying, what is the best overall net advantage we can get in how we arrange these groups? I literally don't give a shit about keeping the first line together. It means nothing to me. I I, I have no personal attachment to them. I don't care. If I'm Tampa or Florida, I want to play a 1-9 team. That's the easiest matchup. It's the easiest thing to do. That's why Edmonton's not good. Like, I, like, Lots of I don't know what else to one. say, right? <laughs> that is like, one. that's the biggest reason. I mean, goaltending sucks. The defense isn't great. Tyson Berry, Cody Cece, blah, blah, blah. But they're a one-line team. I do usually. think, I, I know we know they were interested in Garland before. So I, I'd, Rightfully so. He's a good player. Yeah, so I'll, it wouldn't shock me. I'll just say that. So here, here's what I'll say too about the Tavares note, and this is why I think that he was instantly good, is he played with Marner is a low-key, like, pretty good four-checker. He actually gets in there, and he has no issue digging. 
And Bunting is obviously Bunting. He is involved. And if you watch that game against Dallas, and I recorded it and watched it with a keen eye on it, the big difference for Tavares is he didn't have to go into the corner to get the puck. He literally just got into the zone because we know that he can't really skate. And he just went to the net, which is where he's at his best. Or he did it as a support player. So if Bunting and Bunting and or Marner were in the corner, he would be like three feet inside. And he would act as a release valve of those quick little plays in tight, little one-touch passes, the kind of ways that Marner likes to play. And Bunting is super crafty in those spots. And then he plays with Nylander and Kerfoot, who are basically like, can we load up speed and have our jerseys flapping in the wind through the neutral zone? And he can't keep up with them. Like, stylistically, it makes no sense. But when he plays with guys that will work the corners, that he can kind of work off of, and then basically just stand in front, which is where he does his damage, he's a good player. He's still good. Yeah, you'd have options, like... So I think the one thing is, like, Marner's pretty good defensively, too, and Tavares struggles there. So I do think yeah. that Tavares line needs to be better defensively. As I said earlier, like, they're way better defensively when either Camp or Matthews is on the ice, and they're just terrible when the other two are. Um, so I do think that we've seen Marner-Tavares work. Like, that first year, I think they were 1-2 in the league in, in primary points per minute at 5-on-5. Five five. We've and, and Tavares, he's so good around the net. Marner's so good at finding him. That could work. We've seen Matthews have success with Nylander. I do think a guy like Garland, maybe you put Marner with Tavares. Maybe you put Garland with with uh, Matthews. Like you could go Nylander, Matthews, Garland, and then keep that Bunting, Tavares, Marner line together. I think there's lots of options. And, and to get back to just trade options, like I think that's really there's not a ton of forwards out there that are like I know that I love. Yeah, like you could you could go like a Hagel because of his contract, but he's not like. I don't think he's amazing. No, I don't think so either. But I see the appeal in hmm. terms of a little bit more of a like work the corners, bunting you light. know, be bunting be the bunting light yeah. kind of guy for that line. I think Nylander has to pick it up in order for that to overall work. I mean, Nylander just has to pick it up in general. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Keith has been taking like veiled shots at him for like a month now in the media. If you've been like reading his interviews, um, I'm just curious when he's just going to come outright and say it at some point. But we'll see. Uh, and then you kind of look at guys like, you know, I do I like Nick Paul as a player? Sure, but like the Leafs have a good third line already. I wouldn't put Nick Paul in the top six, and I probably wouldn't pay the price that he's going to demand, like Ottawa's going to demand for him for the fourth line, even though I do like Nick Paul. Yeah. I think his versatility and any number of things, I just, I can't stomach that kind of price for what he is. I don't like Pavel Zaka um, at all. I don't mind him, but it's going to be expensive, too expensive, I think. It's not only that. I think that he, from all like reports and indications, he seems like one of those guys that is a little bit feuding with what position he's playing. Yeah, right? you need him but, on the wing. But he feels like he's a center, and I just yeah. don't want to deal with that shit. Like, eventually, you know, you just hit a point like, I don't want to deal with that. Definitely not when I'm trying to win a cup. And I got a million other problems, <laughs> and I don't need to deal with this guy thinking that he's a center when he's not i just don't i don't think he's a fit unless the price is lower than we expect yeah i kind of like andrew cobb i think he would cost a lot i think he would be a pretty handy little player but i think the price will be huge yeah i'd rather spend if i'm going that much on a rental i'd rather go another position or just go well out for garland um i don't know if i love raquel's fit there 
I kind of like Raquel. That was the guy I was about to say. Yeah, I thought so. Because he's a good player. He's a fine player, but again, price is going to be high. He's not really great defensively, and I'd prefer someone a little better defensively. Yeah, like that line might be just an absolute like joke show with like Raquel Tavares and Nylander might be one of the funniest lines in the league. I wouldn't mind like I, I like going almost like bargain hunting then if you're not going to go after a, a Garland or a Hagel. Like I really like Balsers on San Jose. I know no one knows who the hell he is, but he's just like a hardworking forward. He plays with Hurdle. Uh, I've seen a lot of him this year just because I've been watching Hurdle. Um, like even like a Comtois, I don't know if it's a great fit, but like maybe you buy low there. I I would buy low on him just in general. I think it's just good business. I think he's good. I think it's just been one of those years where any number of things happens to a guy. I don't think he suddenly sucks at hockey at 21. Yep. I think he's just good business. Like I would actually pay a notable price for him, and I would shrug. I'd be like, he's just a good player. We just want him in our system. He's a left winger. They need that. Skills. I don't know if he's perfect for the top six. Like his play driving numbers aren't amazing, but he's a good piece to have. Like especially because he's he's under contract through next year at two million. Like that's a pretty good, pretty good. Even for, even for just today, if you got him and you're like, go play with Spezza, yep. and do some skill stuff on line four. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. We talked about Spezza being a center and like not actually being a center. But if their fourth line had to be Comtois, Spezza, and Kasha. I would not be upset. You basically want Comtois to be what you wanted Richie to be. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he won't be anywhere near like as mean or anything like that, but he'll be, he'll be, he'll be more skilled. He does. He, like, he'll use his size better when the puck is on his stick. Yeah. I like Lekkanen. Lekkanen is awesome. I would love Lekkanen. I think Lekkanen Balsers are the two guys I'd kind of key in on. Like if I could get them cheap, especially Balsers, he, he might be really cheap. But those aren't like a list targets. Those are like if I strike out on Garland, if Hagel's too expensive. I like Mott. I think you're underrating Mott. But he's yeah. The thing with him is just rental, right? Like I'm yeah. my my I'm gonna try on term as long as I can. And if I'm just completely out on term, then I'll go to the, the other options. But Mott would be fine. Like he's I think he's a fine player. I'm not gonna get overly excited about that, but. Nemestikov would be fine. Even like a Colin Blackwell is just an extra guy, like cheap. I'd be interested in. Yeah, he's just a dude. I don't know what's happening with with uh, Alex Tessier in Columbus, but he's a good player. Yeah, he's skilled. Like he's definitely. We've seen, I don't know if you've seen the breakaway moves he's pulled. Or, yeah, like, yeah, he's yeah. he's skilled. He's just young, right? So it's like I I think he makes more sense for a rebuilding team. But I, I would want to, in terms of like taking, like setting yourself up for like future years, but like also giving your, your roster a slight upgrade, but I would need to know what's up because he's on leave. Like I'd have to, like, we'll never find out. I, we, no. we might find out, but like, we'll never find out right this second before any possible trade happens. Jack Roslavic too. Um, I pronounced that incorrectly, but he, uh, he'd be fine. Like he's been under 10 minutes and in columbus for so long you want to know what's up but like those type of players i think you call about because they're they got term and maybe you could buy low but they're not they might make more sense for a rebuilding team they can give them more opportunity and then they might you know i I think the Leafs will be focused on more more this year than long term but they're at least worth calling about i also like mason appleton but they have a lot of that right i don't mind these guys matt appleton's kind of the third line type that 
they they already have. That's my only. But I do like him too. He is. I just wonder if he is just a little bit more skilled enough to play in the top six and not be embarrassing. Kinda. He's on the right side though, which is not. Yeah, I know. That's the only part where I'm like, ah, I wish, I wish you were a yeah. lefty, because it would be it would be nice to have you there, and just just bring a little bit more respectability to the overall second line in terms of not being just an absolute mess defensively like i don't like the i you know i think that's why they're looking at those sort of like in between guys whether it's been hagel which we they've definitely looked at at some point like they've definitely inquired um whether that's tyler mott who uh, seems almost certain to be on their radar you know mason appleton kind of fits that mold of of guy and then you get into like the ricard raquel or even like apparently like dominic kubalik could be had and you know he had a 30 goal season a few years ago but i just look at him and go is it just like is will they give back everything that they do on the yeah. other end and then some and it's almost certainly that they yeah. would they they really need a play driver for that second line like someone who's gonna bring something to the table defensively ideally um because defense is an issue there that that's the problem and and to me you don't like that's that's been my biggest issue with that line that's why i would totally scramble it i think they're i think it's a it's it's beyond stubbornness at this point that they really just don't and my view on it i like it's 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 bordering on arrogant to be honest like that they're just continuing to put them out there i basically don't look at anybody and say like yes that left winger will save them I think that's a really bad take for them to have. I think Garland is good enough to make that line like a, a pretty good second line. Like if you go Nylander, Tavares, Garland, I think that's a good line because um, he is decent defensively and he's just so good offensively. Like I think he'd be good. I just don't know if he would like save them, like make them the line they should be. We're talking about how do we find a, a third guy for a line that has two players combining to make $18 million so that they you know that's nuts like that's nuts it's nuts that we're sitting here having this conversation nylander has had a weird year though like he was amazing at the start of the year and has really tailed off and i do give him some of the benefit of the doubt because of how he played in last year's playoffs so we'll see Mm -hmm. with him i could see him bouncing back but i do think that they have five top six forwards right now um with bunting being the fifth and you know if you could get it i like a no doubt about it, top six forward for that unit, it would be a big upgrade over Kerfoot. Robertson is fine, but I, I don't think there's enough there no. right now to make me confident in him in the top six come playoff time. This is like Leaf silly season. Robertson better be here because he's being showcased. Because otherwise, this makes no sense. Like Dubas contradicted himself within like four days, where he was like, "We want Robertson to like be basically dummying the A." And playing every situation and then four days later they called him up and played him like nine minutes and then he played like five minutes i did want to see him in the nhl like Like, i I didn't mind that but like they better be showcasing him i wouldn't mind him on the fourth line come playoff time if you need offense like i'd at least i want to get him reps um to see what he can do like we we haven't seen enough of him this year i don't think to get a great opinion but so far he should have been in the a the whole time i think they're just screwing around with him i I do like there's they're totally screwing him so far play 20 a night in the a pp1 pk1 i want to get him nhl reps so i could see what he can do and then if you need him in the playoffs 
what he could do. And then I guess the other guy's nice. Like when his season's done, maybe he can help the fourth line. If the if they were if they were rolling, would you have sat there and said, "Get Robertson up and let's see what and like break up some of these lines and domino effect that just because I want to see," or or are you saying it because like it's kind of shitty and and you're like we're hoping this 20-year-old kid can come in and save us who's barely played for two years. I want him to at least have some NHL minutes prior to the playoffs just in case you need him, like if you need scoring. Um, and I just wanted to get a look at what he can do so that you can see if he's an option at all or if he's just not going to factor in this year whatsoever. I don't know if I have an answer to that yet. I just, my, I guess my answer is I don't want him on the line with Tavares Nylander right now come playoff time. No. But I wouldn't rule him out for the fourth line. I think it's worth giving them an audition for that, especially the way the lack of scoring there. Um, but I, I don't know if he's shown enough that he's changing your deadline plans. Like I, I think it was a fine attempt, but let's see. Uh, I guess let's see how it goes from here. I hear you. I get I get the wanting to see him before the playoffs to kind of see what you have. I still think he would have been better served to just like purely focus on like crushing maybe in terms of development just because he's yo-yoed so much you know like it's stunning that he played in that playoff series against columbus and then you know he's been hurt on and off since and they've been yo-yoing i mean kyle dubas was like the first one to acknowledge that and then he comes back up like four days later which i mean he had to even be sitting there saying i can't believe i just completely contradicted myself like this like optically it looks poor it looks desperate it looks desperate so part of me sits there and is like, are they showcasing this They might guy? be. Cause... I'm less concerned with yo-yoing than others, I think. Like, I just, I don't think you put him in the A, like, if he's in the AHL all year, doesn't play in the NHL regular season, I think he's a non-option come playoff time. You're not just going to throw him in. Um, but I do think if they trade for Garland, I think Robertson will be in it. Yeah, that's fine. I would I would trade Robertson without Yeah, I, I think that's Garland or the other guy would be Chikrin. I just don't see that happening. Uh, I think Garland's more likely. Uh, price will be a lot lower. If they have that kind of move on the table and they don't take it, they're nuts. Like, they're just nuts. It's an undersized scoring winger. That, like, they're not that hard to find. Chikorin is going to be a very high... Like, I think it's Robertson plus, plus, plus. Yeah. Garland might be Robertson plus. Yeah. I think there might be more value to be had in yeah. Garland than Chikorin, just based on yeah. the price, but... You, you could literally be trading, like, current Robertson for future Robertson. You could be. In, in garland based which is fine because at least it's a sure thing that's what you paid extra for this is a guarantee and this is like a random dude for yep. now that's fine that's i would i would do that on principle alone like they just like get some extra guys in but here. if you get a garland so, now you need to bank cap space so you're definitely trading curfew which is fine come in the off season if, and then you're also looking at someone like a stolars who makes less than a million someone like a luke shen maybe in that deal that makes less than a million you're going to need guys this offseason that are on bargain deals if you go out and, and spend five on a forward, which is fine. I think it's a I think it's a, a path forward, but there are at least implications. But I do think that he's someone they're going to look at heavily. Yeah, and I think on that, it's a good note to wrap this up. we kind of gone through every position, thrown out a ton of names that we like, kind of talked about the state of the team going into it did i miss anything anything you want to add last second no we, we got no trade during the uh the podcast which is disappointing yeah. so I... and fuck the trade that's about to happen <laughs> the second we stop you just know it's coming so it's just gonna just 
be upsetting to the highest degree. <laughs> but that's okay. I think we uh, I think we went through it pretty clearly. I'm excited to see what they do. I think they have to do something. I think doing nothing is not an option. Yeah, that does something. I, I truly, I, they have to do something. I'm curious to see to what extent he goes for yeah. it. He went for it all last year in a bad division, and it got him nowhere. And now he's in a good division. And last so, year it made sense though, right? Just because the division, a hundred percent made sense. It would have been, it would have been. I would have fired him the next day if he did nothing. It didn't work out. I got the thought process. This year it just seems like any which way. Like you could say they got such a hard path. We'll do little. Uh, it's not worth it this year. You could also say we haven't won the playoffs this many years. You got to go for it because you know. We don't. I think his job depends on it. I don't think that he survives another first round exit. I truly, I, don't. I think he might. I'd probably advocate for him I'm... if he has a good deadline. I, I, I would like to have him around still. I wouldn't go into a playoff series saying like I'm firing the GM if if they lose. I just wouldn't. If you didn't have faith in him, I would have fired. Like I would have got rid of him um, earlier. Um, That's fair. But I do think that something. I don't like I'm not I'm not because of one series I'm not gonna say like fire one person or, or trade one of the big four it's not though it it it's like four years now like you could borderline argue that their forwards would be better if they literally just did nothing over the past like three years like if they didn't trade away Kadri Andreas Janssen Trevor Moore who's third on LA in scoring Kasperi Kapanen mm. Zach Hyman was able to be re-signed yeah and you just looked at that and said like, is that top nine better than their current top nine? You could argue. Oh, it would be, but you'd have no money for, so. for defense. Like, you probably don't have Brody then. Yeah, but, like, all that to say is, like, they would have a really good forward group, and, like, who knows how it would net out. And let's say even if that was just a first-round fodder team. Mm-hmm. Like, at some point, you have to move the needle. I know that he's moved the needle on paper. He'll sit there and say the defense has been improved. At one point, it looked like he hit gold with Campbell, but, like, he did take over a team that had a really good starting goalie. That like obviously something went wrong, but like, you know, he's rebounded this year. Yeah, I just I don't think like the Washington series or the Boston series around him. Like, he, he wasn't behind the Marlowe signing or any of that or the the de- defense that they put out there. And I think last year he kind of did his job at the deadline. It wasn't didn't work out. I think they. Overpaid. I felt bad for him after that deadline because he yeah. set the table and, and like the guys did not deliver. Yeah, so I, that that's why I defend him, even though that trade deadline ended up being really bad in hindsight um but something we'll definitely have questions we'll have to go through it depending on if they lose how many games and then you know what was the problem was it was it just matthews scores no points which wouldn't really be on dubis or is it like you know you didn't trade for a goalie you, you and they misread the defense and muzzin never came back and something whatever, like whatever. That, yeah. but hopefully Instead of ending on that note, hopefully they actually just decide to like mix in like getting it done one year. They can feel free to make that this year so that we don't have to have that conversation. We sit back and go, what a sick deadline. I would love for that to happen. I would love for that to happen. God forbid. That would be nice. God forbid. All right, Kevin, thanks for coming on. That was a really good chat. And uh, happy deadline weekend. Yeah, happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patty's. Me, time is running now. We're down by three. Look inside yourself. What do you see? The pain is in your mind. No, nothing.
I know what I see Do you have the guts to do? 